Hello everybody and welcome back to the Japanaholic Podcast, the podcast surrounded by topics all about Japan, anime, and games discussed by one certified Japanaholic. I am your host, Taylor Fry, and I dropped my headset because I realized that I still had it on while recording the intro, and I usually don't have my headset on while recording intros for my podcast because if I'm all by myself talking to myself, I don't need my headset on. I realized I had my headset on while I was doing that intro, so I dropped it. I don't know if you heard that or not. Um, and as well as today, I thought I'd bring back another edition of Weeb Reviews. Because everybody loves when people talk about certain animes and discuss their thoughts and opinions on it. Um, most times with more than one person, but for today, we're just going to be, I'm going to be by myself today talking about a series that... I believe is one of the most underrated series ever. Um, at least in my book and in a lot of other people's books. Especially the ones listening to this episode right now. Because chances are, if you've clicked on this episode, you're probably a Hattori Bochi fan. And you're wanting to know my thoughts and opinions on the show. Ouch. I... Already said my thoughts already. I think this series is really underrated. I'll explain why in this episode. However, before we get into this episode of uh, Weeb Reviews, there's one topic that I kind of want to talk about that was a little outside of the uh, of this picture right here uh, that just happened like as soon as I'm recording this. Uh, I was going to wait till the end of this month or the first Wednesday of November to talk about this, but I can't wait. So this, however, goes back to... Um, Back to the the top anime news of October, no, of September, excuse me, episode that I released not too long ago, where I talked about Coco and her little uh, drama that was going on. Uh, she's back, she's returned, and she is just as amazing as ever. So, yeah, I'm happy. I wanted to talk more about that in the uh, top anime news of October. I think I may still do that anyways, but yeah. Um, but... That topic is not a topic I want to talk about today, because today is Weeb Reviews, and today I'm going to be reviewing Hitori Bochi, no Maru Maru Saikatsu. Alright, I usually wanted to do like a score, like a really adept score thing, like character story and like developments and stuff like that, kind of like what I did with um with Domestic Nakanajo. However, it is really difficult for me to keep up with that little stuff because I don't necessarily watch animes to nitpick details or uh, go into like very, very deep into the stories or stuff like that. I just watch it so I can just watch it. And if I find it amazing, then I just say, oh, I like this. I'll talk about it. What's so amazing about it? Oh, you know, it's just a good series, but... I'm not that kind of person. I know a lot of people who do like anime reviews love to like go severely in depth to the point where they'll talk about one episode, but not just that episode, one scene, but not just that scene, one thing that the character said in that scene and go very in depth about that one little sentence that was said in Japanese or in English, depending on if they're watching the, watching the dub or not. But, um, but I'm not that kind of person. I just like to talk about what I like about the series and what I find amazing about it. And then I'll possibly talk about some cons, but there are a few cons of Hitori Bochi, I will say this. But, but at the same time, they're not 
major cods. They're, they're kind of like nitpicky cods, but not very, you know, nit nitpicky, if I say that, if I'll, if I could say that. Okay, so for the very, very small chance that there is a listener listening to this that does not know what Hattori Bochi, uh, no matter about a Sankatsu is. It is a four coma comedy slice of life, school life, uh, I think I said four, yeah, four comma, I already said that. It's a manga series, uh, published by Katsuo, uh, it already has 86 chapters as of recording this, so, and I've read all 86, by the way. I do plan on going into spoilers for not only the manga, but also the anime, um, however, since this is a slice of life, I can't really say there's anything much going on in the newest chapters. There's still some good stuff, but obviously nothing big has happened. Um, but this series got an anime adaptation in spring 2019 by C2C Studios. And I talked more about this in the... I talked a little bit about it, actually, in my most underrated animes to watch or something like that. I think that's what it was called. I talked a little bit about it in that episode of the podcast so if you kind of want to go back to that episode i kind of talked about it but not that much but basically the basic synopsis if i had to explain this in the most non-spoiler that's a word non-spoiler um and most dumbed down synopsis i could give is there is this girl named Tori bochi who goes into middle school and has extreme social anxiety and she sucks at interacting with people. A.K.A. pretty much every otaku ever. Okay. So, pretty much when... I think this... I think we could pretty... Um, that, that pretty much covers the non-spoiler part of me talking about this series. So, if you don't want to get spoiled... Uh, for the, like, the latest chapters of Hattori Bochi. Or if you don't want to... I mean... To be honest, it's like they're not. It's not like I'm gonna spoil like every fight scene in Dragon Ball Z in, in terms of like spoiler power. Honestly, there's just you know not much that could really be necessarily spoiled. Nothing big has happened. I'll be honest. I'll be quite honest. I take it as you will. But in case you don't want to, uh, in case you don't want to listen to me talk about the newest chapters, uh, this is the part where I'll say, once you hear that little rock transition that I used in the Ordesuke review. Um, and I think of the domestic narcotics that we reviews as well. Uh, you can either continue listening or you can click off and go listen to another episode of the podcast or some other thing. I don't know. That's just, it's my warning. So let's go. Let's get it to weeb reviews. It's Oribochi. So I think I'm going to start off here with my thoughts on the manga because I actually have read quite a bit of the manga. In fact, I've read up to its current chapter point, which is chapter 86. Um, I'm not used to four coma mangas. I'll be honest. I like, uh, I find them, even though I'm not used to them, I find them incredibly easy to read and incredibly like, uh, easy to pick up more than just like a regular manga. Uh, but that is just my opinion. Of course. Uh, the reason why I, uh, the reason why I kind of say this is because of the fact that since it's a four comma, you just like read the right side of the, cause there's only like two sides, the left side and the right side. You read the right side, go down, go to the left side, go down. It's really easy to read that kind of stuff. Um, in a sense, it kind of reminds me of like Korean manguas or Chinese manguas. I, 
I know there's a specific term for both Chinese and Korean, um, uh, and I mix them up all the time, so I'm sorry if I do, um, but, uh, personally for me, I've typeset in manguas before, and it really reminds me of typesetting for four commas, which I've also done before, uh, where, uh, you put the text, and then you go down, put the text, go down, put the text, instead of going, you put the text, go left, put the text, go down, down right, put the text, go left, that kind of stuff, um, and I feel like typesetting, if I can get into that topic real quick, typesetting manguas is very, very, very easy. Um, depending on, of course, the series, if it really doesn't take too much text, but the manguas that I've uh, typeset it before are flippin' easy compared to, like, regular mangas. And I feel like if you could make, like, a list of the easiest to typeset versus hardest to typeset, it's uh, manguas or... Uh, Korean Chinese mangas or whatever they're called uh, and then it goes to four commas and then it goes to regular mangas because um, those three are the only threes that I've been like it or like the only three that I've been typesetting for obviously that'll probably change once I get more and more into typesetting of course um, I think everybody knows what typesetting is but if, if, it, if you don't know it's basically where people put text in bubbles it's that these that's what I do I guess uh, but yes, I, I revealed that during uh, Orisuke, I believe. I think I first revealed it beforehand, but I'm not so sure. I think it, no, I only reviewed it, revealed it during the Orisuke review that I've done a few type settings for mangas. Nothing really spectacular, but um, to get back on the, the subject here of Fatori Bochi, the, the manga, if, like art style, I'll talk about art style real quick, actually. Art style for the manga for Hattori Bochi, it's, you know... I'm not going to say it's, like, very amazing compared to, like, Domestic Nakata Show. Trust me, the story is, like, really weird, but Domestic Nakata Show's art is really incredible. Um, Sasuga does a real good job at doing her art, just say. But, uh, I'm not going to diss Kaitsuo's, uh, uh, artwork here because it is incredibly amazing, alright? Uh, incredible job with all the character designs and stuff like that, especially the parts, uh, like, the comedy parts. Uh, it's incredible, okay? Um, but it's not, you know, like, okay. I'll put this as like this. I'm not going to compare it to something like Hayaku or One Piece, obviously. Uh, I have to compare it to like another four comma series. So possibly Comic Girls, if you all remember that series. Good series. I think I may talk about that series later as well. Uh, in a way reviews. But, uh, Comic Girls' art style is really incredible. Uh, but comparing that to Atoribochi, Atoribochi's art style is just a tad bit better, albeit it's a very close battle between those two series, just say. Um, in terms of the story of the manga, like I said, before talking about, uh, before getting into this more in depth, nothing really happens in these, uh, chapters. Um, except, I mean, of course, that we are 86 chapters into this series. We are seven volumes into this series. Um, about to start volume 8 of this series, might I add. Um, so the story has gone quite a ways, okay? It hasn't just stayed in one thing for, like, ever. Um, Bochi does end up befriending a ton of new people after the anime. And the relationships are basically, like, I don't think there's really been any drama to go on just yet. I could be wrong after uploading this. There could be a... 
Volume 8 could be where all the drama happens, but I think the biggest drama to happen so far is, and I'm really gonna spoil this thing out here for people who have not read this, is the whole drama being that Nako could potentially move away from middle school. Um, or possibly not be in the same high school as Bochi. Um, but that was only like real, that so far it's only really been addressed for like a few short chapters and, uh, everybody is just kind of like trying their best to study as hard as they can. And they're not really trying to talk much about Nako's like whole schneel of, oh, I may end up moving. And trust me. As somebody who believes that Nako is the best girl of this series, that chapter kind of hit me hard. Because <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, God, she's going to move and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen yet because obviously the series is still ongoing. So who knows what could happen. Um, I'm going to hate when this series ends, by the way. I think everybody can say that if they're a fan of any series. <laughs> um... I truly will believe that this will be one of the better four coma like slice of life school life shows because of the fact that it's story it's story let me talk about story real quick it's incredibly relatable um especially for people in Japan who most times you don't go to the same uh the same middle school as most of your elementary friends do um here in America here in the west I'll say here in the west it may be um it's, I think it's mostly normal in, like, a lot of countries, but especially here in the West, um, if you go to elementary school, unless you move, like, unless you move cities or places, you usually go to the same, like, set of schools. Uh, for me, I went to the same set of, uh, of schools, even though, like, I went to different schools, uh, in elementary school, they were still ran by the same corporation, so... You necessarily go to your corporation's set of schools. So the elementary, middle school, and high school you usually go to your same corporation's um, schools, unless you uh, move cities, of course. But in Japan, it looks like you have to take like certain tests of schools around you. And since there are a ton of schools, by the way, there, like just because uh, I remember looking at uh, a map. Of, I think it was either Tokyo or Osaka. I could be wrong. It, it, it's true in both instances, actually. Because I was looking up places for Airbnbs for my trip. Although, I can't take that this year. I have to wait till next year. But, I was looking at, uh, like, a specific spot in, like, Tokyo. And surrounding that area was at least five elementary schools. I'm not even kidding. Possibly, like, five to six different like schools whether it's elementary middle school or high school so you have a ton of different schools to choose from and you have to get like you have to do like a test for all of them and stuff like that the point that i'm trying to make is that most times kids going from elementary to middle school going to a brand new school have this kind of social anxiety and i realize i suck at trying to say the word social i don't know why but anyways i myself have had terrible uh social anxiety problems um back in middle school and back in uh, the early days of high school um thankfully I've kind of gotten over it I still show some social anxiety like uh sim <laughs> symptoms like can I call them symptoms I'm gonna call them symptoms anyway you know what I mean when I say it but I really try my best to talk to people but it's really tough to do so 
when you aren't really the best at speaking and you feel like you're going to say something wrong or something like that, especially in today's age. Um, but uh, I think the biggest way to get out of your social anxiety is to become uncomfortable around people. Um, try and, you know, become uncomfortable for so long that it becomes comfortable um, as somebody who's gone through this stuff. Not as extreme as Bochi, of course, but just saying that's um, that's just how I kind of got rid of my social anxiety over the past few years or so. Um, uh, the one thing, though, I will say about the series that I actually find to be like a really cool, like, fun fact or whatever for anybody who, you know, is looking to get into the series. Um, is everybody's, uh, every character's name in Japanese kind of pertains to their personality a little bit of ways. I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, so the main girl's name, I'll give off the four main girl's names real quick. Natori Bochi basically means alone in Japanese. And I could be wrong with saying this, this, uh, because it can be like translated in a different few different ways, of course. But, um... Hattori Mochi basically means alone, or I am alone, I think. Just basically alone. And then, uh, Sunao Nako means, in one way, delinquent, but in another way, like, fake delinquent, I guess. Honshu Aru means unfortunate, or some, something along the lines of unfortunate. And then, Lakithar Sortka, uh, which almost means ninja. Which almost means ninja, but also it's like a foreigner kind of thing. You kind of get what I'm trying to say here. All the names of the characters pertain mostly to their uh, personalities. And I could be a little bit wrong, but I'm trying to like dumb it down as best as I can. Because like I said, you say anything in Japanese, it has a ton of meaning to it. And a lot of different meanings to them. Um, that could be the same thing with English as well. But um, truly, when I was reading the manga, I felt... That with the characters and their designs and their names and stuff like that, I thought, oh, that's just like, oh, that's just incredible. Because, like, you could have named these characters anything else, your typical Japanese characters, but instead you named them to what their personalities are, and their Japanese names kind of correlate with their, uh, their personalities and stuff like that. I just find that kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know about anybody else. Um, but the, I think I talked, I think I really. I think I touched enough about story and stuff like that. Uh, not really talking about like the, the manga story itself. Because of course. Trying to befriend a hundred people. Or all of your classmates. And stuff like that. Is not very easy to do. And it is quite difficult. I will say it that much. Um, but. I think I want to talk a little bit more about characters, but necessarily not necessarily like the characters themselves, but the seiyus that voice the characters because of the fact that the main four uh, all have their very unique characters, I will say. So the first girl I want to talk about is Hattori Mochi's seiyu, Shisaki Miroshita. Do you all know this girl? Because unless you... Watch Atori Bochi, you're not going to know this girl. Because Atori Bochi is her only role. I don't know how she got this role. But she got this role and it's, even though this is, you know, obviously it's just her more likely going to be the start of her career. 
it has still been her only role in an anime ever. And that's it. That's like the only thing she's done. It's just how to done Hattori Mochi. All the other characters have done some sort of other anime shows. Uh, whether they be supporting or a main cast. But no, that's literally her only role. And she nailed it right out of the park. Right out of the park. Just saying. Very adorable. Okay. I can't wait. I, I really hope she does more. I hope that's just not her one and done thing because a lot of say I, I don't think a lot of seiyus do that. It's rare to find seiyus who don't have much of a of a career in doing their stuff. They usually do like a ton of animes and then you know dip if they need to, but I've I don't think I've seen a anime seiyu do one and then leave. I don't think so. I hope that she's not one of them because God she is super talented. Then we got Nako's seiyu, which is uh, Minami Tanaka. Who is kind of known for being an idol, I'll say. She is in uh, Zombie Land Zaga. She plays Lily in Zombie Land Zaga. She plays in Wake Up Girls. And she also, I th oh, let me check real quick. She also plays in High School Fleets, which is an anime that I see before. I did not realize that because she plays a super supporting character in that one. But I thought that was pretty incredible. Alright. Um, I I think I want to talk about High School Fleets, but at the same time I need to rewatch that series. Uh, because I really haven't seen much of it yet. Um, next up is Aru's uh, Seiyu, which is uh, Kito Akari, who plays a few characters I know, which is uh, Hirata Kaho from uh, Blend S. Uh, she plays Nezuko from Kimetsu no Yaiba, which I believe everybody in the goddamn world knows her. Uh, she plays Momo from the Devil Girl next door series i almost forgot the title and i about smacked myself because that is a great series a very great series that is gonna get season two and i almost forgot the title when speaking that and then she also played uh nawa from uh the an angel flew down on me series which i finished not too long ago she also played i forgot her name but she played somebody from gishin impact which is a game that i want to talk about in the next few weeks. It may not be next week. But it may also be next week. Flip a coin. I'll tell I'll tell you later. <laughs> because I've gotten addicted to that game. I think everybody has. And lastly I'll talk about. Uh, Soitka's. Uh, seiyu. Uh, Kurose Yuko. Uh, she. Really hasn't played much. Okay. In fact she is like another one of those kinds of characters. Or seiyu excuse me. That's played only a few characters and dipped. Uh, her main roles have been from the Helta, the Beautiful World Extra disc when she played United Kingdom. And then she even played in High School Fleets when she played, uh, Kyoko from, uh, well, Kyoko from High School Fleets. Yeah, she's one of the main characters. She also played somebody from the Watamote, Watamote series, uh, but that is a very supporting character. And plus, I've only necessarily listen to the English dub. I still need to listen to the Japanese dub, but yeah. Uh, the main cast of Seiyus has been incredibly, like, it has incredible talent, but just not enough, like, star power, can you call it? I think I want to call it star power, just because of the fact that they really don't play much of, like, the biggest shows. Out of the four, uh, Kito Akari is, like, one of the bigger ones, because she played Nezuko from, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Um, however, in the supporting cast, uh, Yawada Kai 
uh, Bochi's elementary friend was played by one of my favorites. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Not the favorite of mine, but one of them. I think second or third. Kohara Konomi. Uh, this girl. I think everybody can name off a ton of um uh, a ton of roles that she's played in the past year, <laughs> ever so amount of years, because she's been in the business for quite a long time. She has played uh, Kasumi from Asobi Asobase, which is a fucking hilarious show. God, I love that series so much. She played uh, Miyu from Domestic Nakata Show, which I, th I think I talked about earlier uh, in the Domestic Nakata Show week reviews. She has famously played Chika from the Kaguya-sama Love is War series. She's famously played uh, Hibino Mina from the Takachi-san series, which is a very good series, but I had. And she has also famously played Yuko from the Demon Girl Next Door series. So we, but we have both main characters from the uh, from the Demon Girl Next Door in the Hitori Bochi series. To me, I find that incredible because I love Demon Girl Next Door and I love Hitori Bochi. To many people, possibly not. They don't love it just as much. I don't freaking know. Uh, she also played somebody in Yagata Kimi Ninaru, which is a uh, Koyomi, uh, who is, I think, one of the... Let me check her real quick. Uh, yeah, she she's the character that enjoys the reading, and uh, she wanted to become the novelist in the series. That's where I remember that from. Um, so, it's incredibly stacked, and of course, that's just only going over a slight bit of the, the characters and stuff like that. Um, Staff-wise, the director... Uh, Azai Takifumi has uh, done a few uh, has done a few uh, things of directing. Did a couple things of uh, Angel Beats and another. Good God, <laughs> just thinking about that just whew, gives me chills. That that anime gives me chills. Uh, Orin uh, Koku Host Club, uh, just to name off like a slight bit of few that he's been on that I've heard of and stuff like that. So yeah, the staff and stuff like that is incredibly stacked i guess in terms of like what they've done but at the same time star power wise it just this is why i say that it's very underrated because of the fact that even though there's a ton of talented people on this on this group of uh of people here on this uh anime adaptation it was one of the most underrated if not like the most like I don't want to say the least watched series, but it just, it didn't feel like a lot of people were watching this series back when it first aired last spring. Um, I was one of them that was watching it as it was airing, um, which is saying something actually, because I usually don't watch stuff as they air. I try to sometimes, but it depends on like what is airing. I'll probably wait till like the end of the seasons to watch the stuff that I kind of want to watch. I know a lot of other people do that kind of stuff as well, so I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, but um, developments and like I pretty much said all the developments and stories and characters and stuff like that. But I haven't really touched on animations, and you know me, I love me my animations and animes. Is that a surprise? I don't think that I don't think that's a surprise. So. One of the biggest reasons why I consider Hattori Bochi to be the most underrated anime shows to come out in the past few years. I don't want to say the past decade, but in the past few years. Okay. Is the ever so beautifully animated anime adaptation. 
If anybody has seen clips of Hattori Bochi, if anybody has seen anything of uh, the series in general, in terms of like a picture or just like a panel, you know, the, the manga, I, I said this already, the manga is, the manga's art style is good, but the anime annotations animation is, ah, oh, 10 out of 10, beautiful, okay, because when I first watched it, I was like, you know, that's pretty good animation, that's pretty good, I kind of like it. And then I rewatched it a second time. And then the animation kind of like really grew with me. And then I watched it a third time. And then I watched it again recently. And I was just like, yeah, I really love this animation. I really enjoy how the, how it looks and how it runs and how fluid it looks. The synergy of the animation looks incredible. There's another trash taste reference. Don't sue me. Um, but I just really enjoy, I really enjoy the animation. It looks really smooth and it really doesn't like, it's kind of like comic girls. I'll, I'll say this again because it's another four comic show that I can really compare this to. If you haven't seen comic girls, I really recommend it because it is another, like one of those shows like a Tori Bochi, but, but it delves deep into the whole manga side of things, how to become a mangaka. I recommend comic girls as well. Um, but when watching Katori Bochi and listening to the talented seiyus do their work and then the animations do their work, it's incredible, okay? It's not 10 out of 10 perfect, but it is at least a 9, at least a 9, maybe an 8 if you're really nitpicking, but for me it's a 9 because of how smooth it looks. Um... If I was if I was making a video, I would show you all this, but unfortunately since this is only audio, all I can really say is like really look at clips of this series if you haven't. Sorry, I punched my mic. But look at uh, look at clips, look at pictures if you can of this series. Um if you haven't already because it is so unbelievably beautiful. If you have seen this series already, go back and watch it again because look at how beautiful the animation is. Okay. Um I think the number one scene I could really point out to uh, that could really like show this kind of animation style is uh, the tennis scene um, or either that scene or the scene where Nako goes over to Bochi's house where you can see all of the, uh, especially when Nako has like the glasses on and stuff like that. That's the moment where I was like, dude, this animation is so good. It can't be topped. Okay. Um, so outside of that, um, I think the last thing I want to talk about is music because I am a huge music nerd, I guess I'll say. Well, I don't want to call myself a nerd because I really don't, I suck at making music. I suck at like, uh, describing music, um, in terms of like, you know, I don't know the music lingo. Okay. But I just love listening to music and I really love when an OST is good. And in my opinion, if an OST is really good in an anime, it kind of helps the anime out a lot. And I'm not going to say that this OST was spectacular or 10 out of 10. In fact, it was kind of, you know, it was like one of those where it was like, yeah, that's kind of cute. Kind of like music and stuff like that. And it kind of fits with everything. You know, if it fits, it works. I was going to say if it fits, it chips. But that would not make sense. Sorry. But... If the music fits with the anime and it fits like all the moods and the genres and it's trying to and it 
makes you feel the way that the story is trying to make you feel, then it works. And it works. That's what it does. I'm not going to say it's incredible or anything like that. And the opening is, you know, dare I say, as a power metal nerd fan, whatever, the opening's kind of good. The opening I can't stop listening to, obviously, because once it gets into your head, it gets into your head. And then there's the uh, the 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 Bochy School of Laughs uh, intro song or theme song. I wanna, I'm going to call it a theme song. The Bochy School of uh, Laughs theme song, which was used um, at the end of episode four or five. See the three, four or five. What are those three? I can't remember. I'm sorry, but um. The music works. Music it works really well. And, um, I, you know, it's not like it's incredible and it makes you want to, like, um, rock out or anything like that. Um, unlike some other series that I've done, uh, other series that I've, um, talked about before. I just really enjoy, like, a nice, peaceful... soundtrack or whatever if it fits you know like i said before and it does it does um oh i just looked it was episode six. Oh, golly man i was one episode short i'm sorry uh i'm hoping that this gets a season two but i don't think it is i mean the mangaka for domestic narcotic show came out and said there's not going to be a season two ever which kind of sucks because they left off on the anime where it would have easily been a season two. But the mangaka herself says that it was not going to be a season two. I hope that's not the same thing for the for Hattori Mochi. Because even though it left off on a real good note to a point where it was like, yeah, I don't really... If it doesn't get a season two, I can be happy with that. Okay, because it's like one of those series where it's like, yeah, you can read the manga for, for it, but... If you're only going to watch the anime, we can at least leave you with a good taste in your mouth. You know, knowing that this character is not going through as much hell as you think she is. Um, So, if it doesn't get a season 2, I don't think I'll complain that much. Because it's not like the anime adaptation screwed up that part of, uh, of ending it. But, it just, it would be nice to get a season 2, but... If it doesn't, I'm not going to complain, like I said. It, um, uh, the manga is doing just fine with entertaining me as much as, uh, the anime adaptation was. So, you know, it's fine, I guess. I mean, I kind of need more slow murder shows to be adapted because, yeah, Eurocamp's getting a season two. I think this, I think this series could get a season two. I have hopes for it, but... Unless somebody confirms that there won't be a season two, I still have my hopes for it. So I guess I'll leave off with my final thoughts and my final opinions in terms of like scores and stuff like that. Because y'all love when I talk about scores and stuff, I think, in my personal opinions. Um, so I'm going to base this off of my Annie list thing that I, uh, that I um, have, which I think I linked in the description on most things. Um, if not, the Andy list is linked into the episode description below, which you can go and look and see my amazing taste in anime. I say amazing taste, but I know a lot of people will disagree with it. That's fine. Everybody has their own trash taste. 
So I gave Hattori Bochi the anime adaptation an 8.5 uh, out of 10. I am that kind of per that am I am that kind of person who will rate something either as a point zero or point five, um, but I'm not that kind of person who'd be like eighty one out of a hundred or eight point two out of a hundred. I don't get those kinds of people. That's really nitpicky of of me, but I gave it an eight point five. And um, to name off a few that I've also given this to, I've given New Game both seasons an eight point five. I've given Sakura Trick an eight point five. That's the greatest guilty pleasure I can name off of right now. Um, what else? Um, excuse me. A sister's all you need at 8.5. My roommate is a cat at 8.5. Comic girls at 8.5. Uh, uh, love Chinibio and other shenanigans. I can't remember the full title at 8.5. Uh, the second season of the Bokuwato Manachi Kanai at 8.5. Blend S. The first season of, um, Quintessential Quintuplets. I did. I don't know why I couldn't think of it, and so on and so forth. I have like a few others as well. So, basically, the whole point of that is I really enjoyed watching it, and I would rewatch it. Uh, and there were a few flaws, and I, you know, obviously, if it's, um, I have ways. I have like, uh, like a specific way that I rate these shows. I know everybody does, um, and everybody's ways is completely different. Usually, people there's going to be a handful of people who will say 8.5 is too low, which is quite crazy to say that if you're thinking about Hattori Bochi that way. But a lot of people will say like 8.5 is way too high for me, or wait, yeah, way too high for them, or something like that, because you know it's probably not that rememberable or whatever. And I understand that everybody has their own scoring uniques and stuff like that, and how they they score them is completely up to them. I usually say if it's like a 9 or a 10, it's like one of those series where I could watch it again and again and still feel really immersive in it. Uh, if it's like, uh, if it's less than a, or if it's like 7 to a 9, it becomes to the point where it's like, I could watch it again, but only if I really want to watch it with somebody else or if I really need, or if I want to talk about it or if I just feel like, you know, maybe I could watch it again, but it's not like up there on my list and stuff like that, but I still enjoyed it. And six and below is kind of like that point where it's kind of like, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Okay, especially like the six. Six is like, I really didn't enjoy it, but, you know, I enjoyed it enough to where I, did, I don't have much negative things to say about it. But other than that, you know, um, outside of sixes, it's just like, I don't freaking like this series anymore. Get this series out of my, out of my face kind of thing, I guess. So that's kind of what my scoring preferences are. So with an 8.5 for Hattori Bochi, that just means that um, that just means that it's one of those series where I really enjoyed watching it. And even though there are some flaws, I can accept the flaws for flaws, and I can enjoy watching the series and stuff like that. If I want to rewatch it, I'll decide. I'll figure it out if I want to rewatch it. I mean, I've rewatched it like five times. I think I have at least four or five times. I've lost count. Once you've lost count, you know you've watched the series quite a bit of times. Um, so I think I'm going to end this podcast episode off right now because I've been going on for 40 minutes. And I usually like to make my podcast episodes about 30 minutes to 40 minutes, no longer than that. Because when it's one man, I can only talk about one subject for too long before it becomes too long of an episode, I guess. So before I leave, though, I want to give a quick, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody real quick. Uh, for showing their support for the podcast. The podcast has been going excuse me. The podcast has been going growing quite well over the past few weeks. And especially over my birthday, 
when I turned 19 last week. Uh, not a very bad week for the podcast, I'll give it that much. I wasn't expecting too much last week with the, um, with the episode with Alex again, because it was a very long episode, and usually people don't listen to that long of, uh, episodes, but a lot of people proved me wrong with listening to that episode last week, and I'm happy about that. Uh, but, um, I do appreciate where, uh, ever, or I do appreciate, uh, everybody's support, uh, over on Twitter and over at the uh, the Japanholic email, which is the JapanholicPC at gmail.com, in case you want to send any stories, support, or anything else that you want to send me, like questions. Um, I have been feeling quite confident about the podcast in the past few weeks, but I cannot say the same thing about my YouTube channel, which is at uh, which is the Japanholic channel over on YouTube. I've done a lot more live streams on that channel, and I really don't want to talk much about my channel over on this podcast because... Um, a lot of people don't really go over to the channel, uh, to look at the content or whatever. Um, but the, the Japanaholic channel is a channel on YouTube if you want to go and watch some of my, uh, live streams or videos. Um, I'll probably make a podcast episode in depth about that, but it just, I, I like to talk about subjects that everybody can connect to and not so much, like, personal topics or not personal, you know what I mean by personal topics. I don't want to talk about my YouTube channel is in general or whatever, you, you know what I mean. Um, but anyways, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Japan All Podcast. I'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. But for now, stay safe in this crazy, uh, crazy year of 2020. I've been Taylor Fry, the certified Japan All Signing off. Good night. <laughs>